This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by RetroGameTreasure.com. It is one of the best monthly subscription services you'll find out there. It starts as low as $29.99 and sends anywhere from three to five retro video games from your console of choice. From the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Sega Master System, Sega Genesis, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and the Game Gear, as well as... Breaking news, now shipping Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, and PlayStation 1. And here at the Happy Hour, we love retro games, but what we love even more than retro games is saving saving money. money. So go ahead and put in the coupon code at checkout, Happy Hour. Get $2 off your total purchase. Go see them, and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. This is the king of old school, ECW legend, Steve Carino, and you're listening to The Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hello, internets. My name is Johnny Womack. Of course, I got my main man, Deuce. What's going on, brother? And of course, we have our awesome friend who's been on our show several times before. We have Sean Cook, who is the founder of Grapple Maniacs on Facebook. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, man. Uh, and of course, we're the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We are. Every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with the Deuce salute. Yes, sir. Ah, ah there we go. And of course, we are a twice weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And of course, we love to have special guests with us on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And so, we love wrestling here. We do. And of course, uh, our good friend Sean here. He, uh, he, like I said, the Grapple Maniacs. Uh, we just we 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 love wrestling, and we have a guy on on the show right now. I mean, he's a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, a former ECW World Heavyweight Champion, a former Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion, and I mean, he's been called Mr. Wrestling Three. He's been called he's the original King of Kings. He is the old the King of Old School. We have Mr. Steve Carino. Welcome to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Oh well, thank you. I, I don't think I'm the original Kings of Kings, uh, King of Kings. I, I don't know. If, I, I may have stole that from Jesus Christ. I'm not sure. I didn't know <laughs> if he needed it anymore. But uh, and I, the, the Mr. Wrestling Three thing that's that's always a that's a, more of an accusation than a uh, than a than a history lesson. That darn Wikipedia, you know, always <laughs> sprouting those lies. So yeah, when when I was growing up, I actually watched you. My, my main my main uh, focus with you was. Back in the day, when you you did a lot of tag team work as well, and I I wanted to ask you real quick because, you know, unfortunately we had the passing of Dusty Rhodes, and you were you were able to work with him a few few matches in ECW, and I remember a match. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were tagging uh, with Rhino versus Dusty Rhodes and oh Tommy Dreamer. You guys were tag you guys did a tag team, and I remember this was I think it was in Florida actually this match, and I remember just seeing like the reaction that you had with him and i just wanted to you know get your thoughts on you know obviously dusty had passed away uh now and and just want to get your thoughts on working with dusty Rhodes because i mean the guy was a, a legend oh yeah i mean you know with, without being punished it was a, it was a dream come true because i i grew up a fan of dusty Rhodes. i grew up a fan of the nwa and 
you know, every, every month I would sit in the, the second row or the first row, the second level of the Philadelphia Civic Center. And, you know, I would boo Dusty Rhodes on his way to the ring if he was wrestling like one of the four horsemen. But within five minutes, he would get me on, on the side of the American dream. And he was just an enigma and, and an aura around him. And he was he was so brilliant. And he really legitimized the, the king of all old school character for me because you're know, being in ECW, you're looked upon as, well, these guys are extreme and I'm going out there and talking about the old school. So when Dusty Rhodes came into ECW, he legitimized the, the character because he truly was an old school wrestler. So, uh, you know, I, I couldn't thank him enough for really putting me on the map. Yeah, he's, you know, he obviously he's an American dream and, and like it's just for me, it's going back. I think what was so great about ECW, and you even correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, but you did a match, uh, a bull rope match with him, didn't you, back in the day? Amazing match. I I, yeah. I remember seeing that. Uh, you know, Deuce and I were in high school at the time, and I remember watching. Me that. too. <laughs> and we were watching. We were like, oh my goodness, this is like crazy to kind of see. You know, a you made it made it fun too, because that was one thing is like the the whole the basic premise of a bull rope match. I mean, you know, you have the different corners or whatever. And your first one in consecutive order to tap it. It's a very simple concept, but the way you guys just kind of fed off the crowd was amazing. And I just want to, you know, it's awesome. I mean, just to see kind of how you guys were able to work together on the fly, because you literally just have a, a rope between the two of you, you know, and it's 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 like a tug of war, if you will. It, it is, you know, it was especially the first night that me and Dusty had done something uh, in Georgia. Paul said, you know what, I'm going to try and talk him into something. You know, a feud, and you know, how do you see this ending? And just out of the blue, I go, "Oh, Texas bull rope match." He's like, "I was thinking the same thing." And you know, we 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 build up to the the Texas bull rope match, which was Dusty's specialty. Absolutely. And you know, I wanted it to have that old school flavor, but add a little bit of that ECW style in. And he was more than willing to do all that. And that was the thing with Dusty. It, if he knew if it was it was good for business and good for the American dream and good for the, the guy that he was wrestling, he was up for anything. The greatest thing about that match was the, the subtleties that you guys did. Um, if I remember correctly, I, I believe I watched the match yesterday, you guys had the referee of H.C. Loke. That, the story goes that you and Jack Victory beat the living snot out of him previously, and that's why he was the referee in that match. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we had put uh, over 25 stitches into his head in Milwaukee, and, uh, you know, Dusty got to pick the referee, and, of course, it had it was going to be H.C. Loke, and, you know, I, I got he got his revenge against me, and, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it's just the subtleties, and, and, and sometimes I think people discounted that in ECW because of all the crazy things that went on, but when it came to telling the story, Paul was, he was just amazing at making sure that the little things were taken care of so that, you know, people understood what was going on. And, you know, that, that I love that type of stuff because it's, you know, storytelling 101. If you're watching a television show and they leave something out, it, it could be so minor, but if they leave something out, you're, you're kind of sometimes fall out of it because it, it doesn't become real to you. You know, you know, things that are, you're watching and, and being a part of it, it's not, you know, 100% real life out there. It's, you know, the suspension of disbelief. And I believe that when you have a story and you have holes into it, then people stop, you know, be emotionally involved. And I, I, that's the most important thing of a, of a match or a feud is that people are emotionally involved. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually want real quick for our fans at home. I, I wanted to know how you 
you know, you according to the research I've done, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like you, you were trained by several different people throughout your career, and one of them was uh, he was known in the WWF as uh, Salvatore Sincere, uh, aka uh, is it Tom Brandy? Is that correct? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Johnny Gunn. The, yeah, the Johnny Patriot. Gunn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I was just curious, like, how, you know, what did you learn? You know, what was some of the most important things that you learned, you know? Because a lot of times we talk to uh, professional wrestlers and they say it's more of a mental thing than it is the actual physicality. Yeah. And, you know, Tom was trained by King Kalu, who believed a lot of you can learn basics in a wrestling school, but you have to get out on the road and really learn on the road. You have to learn how each and every town works because every town is different. And I I think that's what Tom instilled in me. It wasn't an exact moveset that he gave me or the the drills that you would have got at the WCW power plant. It was more of a, a mental game of how to do business and the wrestling part will come. And it gave me a lot of confidence to go out there and try stuff and slow things down. And, you know, he would make sure that I would watch the guys like King Kalua and, you know, even guys like Honky Tonk Man and Tito Santana who, you know, rely on what people remember from the 80s. But I, I saw what worked, what didn't work, you know, why one town reacts uh, differently than another. And it was fascinating. And it's a way that I think a lot of people need – to learn how to train because you, you realize that people are so different, you know, and not everybody's the same, not every town's the same, not every state's the same. So the more that you can open your mind and learn these different styles and these different cultures and all the, this fun stuff, you know, the more fun you're going to have because now professional wrestling is less of a sport and more of an art form. And, you know, that it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's just different. And, and I mean, I think it makes the job more challenging, but you know, when you have something that's more challenging, it ends up being more fun. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's you, some of the be- – we talk about this a lot. Some of the, like – you look at Hulk Hogan, for example. Like, you know, he didn't have a full, like, you know, 30, 50 move list in his, his repertoire, but the guy could sell any move that he would do. And that's the thing, you know, it's like it's all about being able to sell yourself, sell your opponent, sell the idea of the match. And that's one thing that I, I – Sean and I have been talking a lot about is – the lack of good promo skills. And that's something that some people say they just know it from birth. And some people actually have to like train and learn it. Like, yeah, seriously. I mean, with, with you, your promos, one of my favorite promos of all time. I don't really use them in promos when you and your cohorts invaded the Limp Bizkit concert. Um, you know, when it came for promo time for me, it was always, you know, whatever I can come up with, like Paul with, especially in ECW, Heyman would give you an outline of where he wanted you to go. And then it was up to you to become as creative as possible because he believed that you knew your character. And, and, you know, that that's a confidence booster, but it's a different time now where, you know, it's so hard to come off with a natural promo because everything is very strict for television and it doesn't make it bad. It just, you know, it's not as organic as, you know, what we might have remembered as kids and, you know, seeing Flair and Piper and Eddie Gilbert and Dusty Rhodes and J.J. Dillon and Tully Blanchard and Nick Bockwinkel come up with all these different things in a three, four or five minute promo. And, and, and especially, at, you know, basically ad lib, you know, th- those days are done because we have to keep everything tight for TV. It's more of a it's more of almost like a, a scripted play and you know it sometimes it comes off that way and then sometimes you you can catch some guys that are are absolute gold and 
you know, it, it just goes by, it, it's an evolution of the business and, you know, it doesn't make it worse, but it just makes it different. And another guy that I really loved on the mic too was, uh, who passed away this month, actually, that you, a former person that you used to wrestle with, uh, Balls Mahoney passed away and that guy was just incredible. Like the way he was able to get the crowd going. Talk, talk a little bit about uh, your work with him. Uh, balls was crazy. He was just, he was a nuts, you know, <laughs> you know, I, um, no one expected him to live to be 85. He, he lived like a rock star and he, that's the way he wanted to be. So you, you can't blame him. You can't be upset. You just gotta be happy with the time that you got to spend with a guy like balls because he, underneath everything and his, his crazy guy exterior, he was, he was a very big hearted guy and he would do a lot of stuff that, you know, normal fans wouldn't get to see. He, he was willing to sell for the young guy. He was, he was willing to sacrifice his star to, to make another star. And th those are the things that I'll remember about balls. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that, you know, he was willing to work with a, you know, 25 year old wet behind the ears, uh, you know, green Steve Carino on, on pay-per-view when he probably could have politicked for a different match. So, uh, those are the, those are the things that I remember about balls. And, uh, um, yeah, and those are the things that I think you got to remember about anybody that's passed away. It, don't worry about the, the negative things, worry about the positive, what they had an impact that they had on your life and, you know, and, and just enjoy it because, Hey, you never know when that person's not going to be here anymore. Well, speaking of positive, what was your favorite memory from ECW or your favorite experience? Oh, it was it was definitely wrestling Dusty at uh, the Living Dangerously pay per view with the bull rope match because you know once again being a fan of Dusty for so long and um, you know re watching him you know from the time that I was an eight year old kid and I would see him pop up on Georgia Championship Wrestling and you know he was this bigger than life character and then all these years later he's in ECW and I'm facing off with him and I'm the one that was given the ball. It could have went to anybody and they, you know, they let me be the guy with dusty. So, um, the, that's the greatest memory, you know, having Jack victory there when, you know, I, when we came through the curtain and, you know, me and victory looked at each other and we're like, man, we did it. You know, this, uh, we just wrestled dusty roads in a, in a bull rope match. And you know, those are things that when you get into wrestling, you never expect, you know, you, you never expect to be in there with your heroes and be able to, you know, wrestle and people from all over the world can watch it. And even today, I mean, it's been, holy crap, 16 years and people get to watch it on the WWE network. And they'll tell me like, man, do you remember that time you wrestled Dusty in the, in the bull rope match? I just watched it on the, on the network. And I loved it as much as I loved it 16 years ago. And I, I to me, that's the ultimate memories because going from a kid that watched him at the Philadelphia civic center every month to being in the ring with them, you know, live on pay-per-view. And then 16 years later, people still talking about it. That's that to me is, is a memory that never will be taken away from me. Well, I think that's one of the beauties of the WWE Network is the fact that, you know, you're essentially immortalized forever. Like, I, you know, there was matches I hadn't seen of yours since, you know, like I said, I, since I was in high school. And I, I remember going back and just being like having the emotions of, of the match and going back and be able to relive those moments. And it's just an awesome experience to be able to go back in and see all the, especially people that, that are, have already passed, to be able to go back and see them immortalized forever on the network is just an amazing experience for us wrestling fans. Oh, absolutely. It, it, I, I always get upset when I see people like bash the WWE or WWE Network because, 
you know, whether they're not putting up enough or they're doing this or doing that. I'm thinking, well, we had this one economical way to, to watch all this great wrestling that I'm never going to get around to watch. You know, at, I was just you know, making dinner and putting on the old TBS show to, to, to watch, you know, uh, it's going to take me years to get through everything that they got now. And that that's the coolest thing ever. Or did you ever think 15 years ago that we would be able to, you know, stream uh, this this crazy wrestling channel on our anywhere, like our phones, our our, our PS3s, and you know our, our iPads and stuff like that? And we do, and it's man, it's so cool. That's awesome. I mean, it's a, I mean, for me, it's like going back in, and I I actually went through this era where I'd be like, all right. This month I'm gonna watch CCW. This month I'm gonna watch Shotgun Saturday Night. This month I'm gonna watch uh, Nitro. You know, like it's cool to be able to bounce around and get the different eras of wrestling, which is something that you know, back in the day it was tape trading. You'd have people like, all right, I'm gonna give me what you've got. I'm gonna share what you have, and then you'd be able to go back and and like now it's all in one source, and that's what I love about it. I had a real quick question for you because. One of my favorite things about you was your old school gimmick, like you just the old school br- bring up, you know, about where you you know came up and be able to legacy of wrestling and and I loved your uh, what you call the old school uh, expulsion, I guess is the name of the move, because uh, I'm a huge fan of technical wrestling and so is Sean and and for those at home that don't know the move, it's essentially I'm gonna probably put it Mr. in technical Krita, terms. Beckham's going to the front door because he thinks you're there. Okay, thank you. Oh, go ahead. Hi. <laughs> yeah. My, my little neighbor's uh, bringing my son home. Oh, how old's your son? Two and a half. Oh. I have a two and a half old, a year old and a 19-year-old that, that wrestles. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I have some kids myself. My son's six and my daughter's three. So. Oh, nice. I, nice. I feel it's great you. age. I feel you. Uh, but uh, for I loved your old school expulsion because it was it was essentially you innovated the move because it was an inverted face lock that went down into a, a neck breaker. And I remember just seeing that move and like just how much energy and how much like I mean I've seen people do neck breakers before, but you were just like every every time you'd come down with that neck breaker, like I felt it as a, as an audience member. Uh, I just like where what was your influence on that move? Oh, it was definitely uh, Matt Hardy. You know, it was <laughs> hanging out with Hardy one night. He'd been doing the twist of fate. Yeah. And I said, man, you know, what if I did it reverse? Like the, the guy's facing up and I swing in, into a neck breaker. And, and he was like, I love it. And, uh, you know, we just started it from there. And, you know, I, it was different. And there, once again, there was guys like Balls Mahoney and and Nova and, and Chris Chetty and the, these guys that were willing to take it every night and go down to it so that it, it could, you know, be established. And, you know, so when somebody kicked out of it, so if, if Justin Credible kicked out of it um, uh, in a main event match, it, it, people were like, oh, I thought that was it. And you know, that's that's a cool thing. No, no lie. I haven't used that move in probably 14 years. Yeah, it's a great move. And, and it just, for me personally, it's like, going back in and watching just like how people create their moves and how some moves are over and some aren't. And I know you did at one point you used a uh, version of the fisherman suplex, right? Uh, yeah, I would, I would use the, you know, a couple different things. When I, when I, when I went to Japan, uh, you know, I had to have a different move set. So it was, uh, 
you know, I, I would in, in, institute the, the fisherman buster, the northern uh, lights bomb, you know, just sometimes the western lariat and stuff like that, just because, you know, wrestling fans in Japan, when I went over there, were more accustomed to the old NWA style than the ECW style. So, you know, I basically had to, to reinvent myself if I if I wanted to make a make an impact there. Awesome. Well, do you still follow the the you know, do you still follow the business? Awesome. It's good to hear because you know it's it's for a lot of times it's like you know you look at people that were in the business. Sometimes they kind of just go away and they're you know they're not in the business anymore and they don't follow it. But like we had our good friend uh, tugboat Fred Ottman was on the show and you know he still watches the programs. He still watches the network and it's it's really exciting to kind of see there's so much wrestling out there for fans out there now. You have Lucha Underground. You have uh, what else we got? TNA. TNA. I mean, you've got Ring, uh, of, Honor. Honor. Ring of Honor, of course. I mean, you've got a lot. As a wrestling fan, it's probably the, one of the best times to be a fan because you have you're exposed to so much, especially with the the WWE network. Oh yeah, you, you know, don't discount uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can you can watch New Japan World, uh, you know, streaming on your on your devices and stuff like that. So with YouTube and, and all these different ways to to watch professional wrestling, whether it be today's product or yesterday's product or international, this is definitely the the for me the greatest time in, in pro wrestling. Hey, Steve, I got one more question for you. Um... I know with you have Colby's wrestling, um, your old partner in crime, uh, Rob Dimension, uh, his son's wrestling as well. Um, Kurt Robinson is his, his, his pro name. Um, do you ever envision seeing them going at each other, like in Ring of Honor, or maybe Colby hitting over to CCW with a dojo war or anything like that? Uh, you know what? Like, um, I Yeah, they're definitely going to clash. I mean... They had face-to-face uh, earlier this year uh, in my PWF in North Carolina, and it was crazy. The fans were ready for it because they had seen Kurt Robinson's debut a year before, and then, uh, you know, he comes back a, a year later, and he looks like a – I mean, he looks like a man. And, you know, both Colby and, and, and Kurt have uh, great amateur backgrounds. They're, they're so evenly matched that, you know, it, it's going to be a feud that, you know, if they do it today, they're going to be able to do it five years from now. Then five years from now, they could do it ten years from now. So it, it's exciting because you know Rob, Rob's been my buddy so long I, I, know, I have no little Kurt since he was born so and uh, and vice versa you know uh, so you, to, to see our kids have that passion for professional wrestling like we do you know it, it's just it's just so good and for them to be so young and so successful at it so far is is so cool because it takes such a dedication it takes such you know uh, luck it, it takes a ton of hard work and they're, they're doing it that's awesome i mean we really do i mean we appreciate you we know you're busy steve we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on the happy hour with johnny and deuce oh thank you thank you for having me awesome well we hope we can have you again on soon in the future and uh is there anything else you want to tell the listening audience at home Oh, no, you know, just keep supporting wrestling. You know, the, 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 even when it's bad, think of pizza, man. You know, pizza is, is – if it's bad or good, it's still pizza at the end of the night. And we all enjoy it. So same thing with professional wrestling. There's a, there's a lot of bad out there, but there's a lot of great out there. So just keep, keep enjoying it. And, Steve, where can they find you on the Internet, and how can they find you and what you're doing right now? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at King Carino or, you know, on my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash King Carino or my website, worldofcarino.com. Awesome, awesome, Steve. Thank you so, so much. Thanks, Steve. Have a great Thanks, evening. guys. Bye. You too. Thank you. Bye.
And of course, that was the amazing uh, Steve Carino. I mean, that, just, just sitting here under the learning tree, as Deuce likes to say. I mean, the guy. I mean, the guy has been through a lot. I mean, he's he's worked with the likes of Tajiri. I mean, we didn't even get into it. I mean, he's worked I, with Tajiri. He's worked with Taz. I mean, he's worked uh, Jerry I Jerry to, I Jerry could Lynn. Him talk for three I mean, hours plus absolutely easy. so easy to talk. I mean, in time just flies. So many questions. You got to filter in what you want to ask. There's, yeah, there's so much in my head still. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like. What? <laughs> the man was hired by WCW. Yeah. Two weeks later, they were bought, and his contract was yep expunged. It was gone. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because like he he had a lot. I mean, I, for me personally, like I I loved a lot of his tag work. Like like he had. I mean, he we didn't even really talk about it, but he won the uh, Ring of Honor uh, uh, championship, a uh, tag team championship with Jimmy Jacobs. It was two, 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 two different, different times because yeah. he had the championship series that happened yeah. as well. So like, there, there's so much to get into. I mean, the guy. I mean, is obviously a fan of uh, technical wrestling. I love to see kind of his uh, transformation, if you will. Uh, I mean, the guy has so many different looks, you know, with the blonde hair and all that, and, oh and just he's awesome. You ever see the pictures of him bald? No. Oh, it's not it's not pretty. <laughs> we love you, Steve. We love you. Uh, but no, I mean, it's just so great just to kind of see with the network because, like, I went back and I was watching old matches I hadn't seen in years. I mean, it's crazy. It's all on there. It's it's oh, awesome. everything. All yeah. you have to do, literally, you can go on the network and type in Steve Crino, and it'll show you every match that he's been in on the network what? and. I talked to Sean this week because I was like, all right, what do I need to do for prep? And he's like, you need to watch the bull rope match with Dusty Rhodes. I sent him two about. things. And I, I went and I watched it actually at lunch today on my lunch break. I just went to the ECW section, pulled up pay-per-view, pulled it up, and watched first the whole match. match. It's the like the first, first match, match on the card. It's, it's the hot match out of the gate. Well, the most awesome. I didn't ask him this because I don't know how he would have felt, but yeah. that segment leading up to that match was really uncomfortable to yeah, watch. Yeah, like it was super uncomfortable. With Lori Fullington and Sandman's kid. Was, them, oh, I would have yeah. asked God. a lot of questions because it's funny. Like I was watching that today. And I forgot how much shit ECW would let you get away with. Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Like, it was yeah. very unorthodox. So, like, a lot oh, of matches, yeah. they like... They pushed the envelope and then kicked it down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, with tag matches. Like, the, the matches didn't really end. Like, you could, you'd have... It almost become, like, a tornado match. Yeah. At the, you know, all the tag members were in the ring together. <laughs> I saw an ECW house show in 2000, early 2001. And I wish I could have told him this story. Hopefully, he, he'll hear it and yeah. he listen to this. Uh, it was him... Jack Victor's on the outside. I can't remember who his partner was versus the Sandman, Tommy Dreamer. I'm with a bunch of my buddies, and my buddy Omar just starts yelling the most profane shit at the at the ring. And he says something to Steve like, "Hey, Steve, you're you know, some kind of motherfucker or something like that." I swear to God, he's on the apron. He turns around, stares a hole. All of us, we're 30 rows back. <laughs> and we're just, I'm just like sinking down. And my friend Omar stands up, he's yelling. And he's just like, he's just like, he just stops and he looks and he goes, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he lost that match when Sandman did the worm on him. Oh, it was God. ridiculous. What's if this? I remember correctly, was that in Orlando, that match? No, this is when I lived in Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. It was at oh, the okay. Stable Arena at the Lehigh University in Allentown. Oh, That's okay. awesome. I keep forgetting that when you were in high school, you weren't down here. You were up yeah. in high school. You guys were probably in grade school. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. yeah or middle school. Yeah, because yeah. well, Steve, that is, older than you. Steve yeah. is like 
42, I think. Yeah, he's like 42, yeah. 43. I'm yeah. 38, so I mean, we're yeah. in the same Because I remember park. seeing my first ECW show, and that was at circa probably 2000-ish. Yeah, well, that's what it was like for you and I, dude. So I was saying like when I was in high school, yeah. Yeah, it was around 2000 when I when you were like at Hot for Us for yeah. our age and like on ECW. And I remember like that was when Dusty came back. Well, that's yeah. when Dusty came yeah. back because Dusty was away for a while and he came back. And I remember the crowd just eating it up. Like there was a lot of heat there because – Back at that time during ECW in 2000, you had a lot of people kind of breaking into the business. And for me, it was like you have like you, – you didn't have everybody that you have now, but you had like, you know, the Sandmans and you had the the Rhinos. And, and I don't even know if Taz was Taz, – Taz was gone. Taz yeah. was by, gone by Ta- then, yeah. Taz was gone by the end of 99. Yeah, so he wasn't yeah. even there. So, like, you had a lot of people making a name for themselves. And all their big stars were gone. The only ones that were left were Sandman. Who Dreamer. came back? Right, he, did, he yeah. was in WCW as yeah. Hack. Yeah, that's um, right. Raven was that. back. Yeah, Raven was. Tommy back. was back. That's true, yeah. yeah, just incredible. Lance Storm. Tajiri was obviously Tajiri, there. Rhino. Which was awesome. RVD was out for most of the yeah. year with a broken leg. Yeah, Jerry Lynn. You know, the, yeah. lots of really cool people. The oldest guy in the roster. Yep. <laughs> but I I love the tag matches because like for me that was so much fun. Just to, there was a, a little bit different dynamic with the tag matches and and I remember when when I was a kid like just just seeing the different styles clash in ECW because you had brawlers, you people that are high flyers, submission experts. So it was, it, you, I think you got more of the New Japan feel for me when I watched uh, ECW. If, you had, if yeah. I had to compare it to brands, like it felt very uh, raw uh, and unorthodox style of wrestling, especially obviously you have your street fights and all that as yeah. well. So like anything can happen in those matches. But like it was just for me, it, like I, I remember just like when I was able to watch it because obviously, yeah. uh, you know, ECW is pretty extreme back in the day, hence the name. Uh, and I remember being able to watch it, and I, I'd see like you just see blood every every match. It was just like, yeah. all right. I remember no one big time. Deal. I remember I remember one time was wa- I was watching a match uh, between him and C- uh, C.W. Anderson, and I remember they both were just gushing from their heads. I mean, it looked like they were in a car crash. Blood <laughs> was just all. Oh, their shirts. Were, uh, well, I don't even know if uh, I don't think. Uh, no, uh, I don't even know if uh, um, Steve even had a shirt on, but like they, they were just like blood was just soaked. Their hair, Steve's red uh, hair turned red. It was mm-hmm. blonde, and it was it was all red. I remember just watching that as a kid growing up. I was just like, God. I mean, you had to have like, did you have to go to the hospital and get punts of uh, quarts of blood pumped into you because there's so much blood that was coming out. Like Jr. would say, you're stuck like like a stuck pig or something, you know, like. By God. Yeah, he's stuck. He, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. But, uh, I mean, we obviously, you know, uh, we love wrestling. And that's the thing is, like, the, the brand is evolved so much over the years. And I guess we'll talk a little about, you know, we'll take a small break. Yeah, speaking of the red, we like to operate not in the red. So exactly. we need to pay some bills. There you go. So we'll be right back with more of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Josh Bauer, a.k.a. JB Designs. If you haven't seen his work, he does amazing stuff. He does comic book art, video game character, movie art. It's awesome. It's even hanging right now in our Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce studios. You're definitely going to want to check it out. Head to www.joshbauerartist.com and that's www.joshbauer.com. E-R-A-R-T-I-S-T dot com. And you can find him on all his social media outlets, including Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. And make sure to follow his event page and catch him at upcoming events like Space Coast Nerve Fest. April 16th and 17th, he's going to be a guest artist 
Also, free comic book day, May 7th at Smash Comics MegaCon 2016 from May 26th to the 29th, where he'll even have a booth in the vendors area. Also, you can find his online store at jbdesigns.storeenvy.com. That's jbdezigns.storeenvy.com. You can find his original paintings, prints, posters, and mini prints. And Deuce, there's a special promo code for our happy hour listeners. If you'll put in the promo code Deuces on the Loose, and that is spelled D U C E I S O N T H E L O O S E, you will get 25% off prints, posters, and mini prints. And if you see them on one of the upcoming events, tell them you're a happy hour podcast listener to receive something special. And don't forget to see our boy and our friend Josh Bauer of JB Designs and don't forget to tell him that the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Agia Productions is an Orlando based film and photo company. They work with a lot of local cosplayers shooting their pictures against the green screen will allow the team to make the cosplayer into a real life hero. Agia has done some charity work as well working alongside Rock Pink for breast cancer awareness. Find them at a convention and you'll be able to rent out one of the talented photographers to take some awesome high-def pictures of you and your family. Not a cosplayer? That's okay, too. Agia can take you and your family and put them anywhere you want to be. Also, Agia Productions does weddings, graduation, quinceaneras, bar mitzvahs, you name it, and you need a photo crew, Agia can do it. Also, don't miss out their newest film short, The Corridor. Find The Corridor on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Corridor Film. Also, go to Agit's website at www.agiatt.com to learn more about them. And give them a like on Facebook. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. And we're back with Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Of course, I'm Johnny. And I'm Deuce. And we have our awesome, amazing friend from Grapple Maniacs, Sean Cook himself. Hey, guys. Hey, how's hey. it going? Orioles fan as well. High five. Go Orioles. Anyways. Demos uh, ain't loyal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, you know, we, we're on the, you know, we had Steve Crino in the first half. So, once again, thank, big thanks to Steve Crino for uh, joining yeah, us. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Awesome. I wish we had more I time. I wish we had more time because it's like there was so many things that I had in my head. I was like, ah. And now you're busy, Steve. So, thank you so much. Cooking that us. dinner and having that neighbor stop by. Exactly. A, I don't know if that kid looks like, but he sounded adorable. It sure did. Uh, anyways, uh, we were kind of talking about the brand, and I, I loved what Steve said about how, like, you know, he still follows the brand because because yeah. I know there's people out there that were in the business that don't follow it anymore, and it's just you you, you could tell just because the way they they don't really know what's going on, they don't know any of the people. I have a theory on that, sure, and I could be wrong. It seems to me like the people that don't follow wrestling anymore are the haters, like the people that like feel like maybe the business did them wrong, mm. or the people that feel like they got fucked over by the business. That's true. Those are there, the people that don't. There's watch a good, it I have a good example. Yeah. Um, Dynamite Kid. Oh wow! Yeah. Absolutely despises everything about the business now because it left him in a wheelchair. But that's because he put his body on the line. Way, way above what they wanted him to do each and every night. Um, he is to the 70s and 80s what Chris Benoit was to us, to us in the 90s. Wow. Same person, same same style, same everything. 
Uh, but he ended up in a wheelchair, and he just became super bitter about everything. I think he may have come to grips with everything, but he just doesn't want any more acknowledgement. Well, it's it's of course you know you juxtapose that to like video games, right? Like there's a lot of people that are that are in that were known for their arcades, you know, are Billy Mitchell and Richie Knuckles and all them, and they're they you know, they were known for like having arcade high scores, Space Invaders, Pac Man, but they don't really follow the business today. It's like they they no, know a little I bit about it. Agree with that because. At least, at least they, they, they're not they're not trying to... to break records on Halo or you know what I mean like the, the okay the, that part I'll agree with cha- on your you know statement. what I mean they're not yeah. going out and buying the next system like they they might have a, a grasp of it but they're not like following it hardcore like they did back in the you know seventies and eighties when you know arcades because the way the game has changed literally the, the the way you play games has changed so like depending on like. I feel like a lot of people either they they they're known for a certain era and then that's what they know. They don't follow. Maybe, but I mean, like he, they're still super evolved. Like uh, Billy just was at the bar last week doing stuff. Him and Walter Day both were there yeah. uh, doing an event there. And I know Richie. I'm I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I know like he's got the reality show that he was working on, and you know, um, you know. So I mean, they're still involved with video games quite a bit. Like you said, I mean. I don't know if they sit around and play Halo in the newer games, but they're still super involved in the video game industry. This is the world's change, you know, like yeah. literally, like the, everything has changed. The way you make games, the way games are played, this the, and that's the thing is like some people. I'm not saying they're stuck in their ways, but some people are like, this is the way wrestling used to be, and I don't, I don't follow it anymore. I just I'm talking about anything in yeah. general that you have a fan or a passion of. Yeah. A lot of times they get if you're from that era, they don't usually evolve. So that's why it was such a breath of fresh air for me to hear that Fred not only follows the business but he loves it. Like he he watches everything, and that's the thing with Steve. Like he he watches the network and he watches the programs going on. And I think not everyone does that. I can't assume everyone yeah. follows the current product because well, they've all. all say that it's changed you know yeah and also sometimes you got like a breathing period there too sure. like I, i've always been a huge gamer but like when i left the gaming industry and quit working there there was about a year where i really didn't play games because i was just like fuck this i'm over and then you know, sure a lot of college yeah. years a lot of a lot of people through the college period they stop like yeah. like with video games and even uh, even chuck dixon uh who we got to talk to at safe barto he even said that like you know the the comic book industry had changed a lot. And he didn't really follow a lot of the comic book stuff yeah. anymore. And like he did his own thing, but he wasn't he wasn't into DC anymore. Yeah, he like wasn't, he into wasn't Mark- like reading. Yeah, so comic I think a lot of people so, because yeah. if you're from a certain era, that's the whole point of what I'm trying to bring up. Is yeah. like I feel a lot of times you know people are from a certain era, they don't really continue on. Yeah. Some people are, are really passionate about the business yeah. still, uh, and that's something you don't know, like Steve Prino or Fred Ottman, people that are still really passionate about the business. You can tell when they talk about it, like oh, they yeah. still follow it, and they have kids or friends that they know that are in the business and yeah. and that's that's always you know exciting and a, you know a breath of fresh air to hear people talk about the business because you know we're we're we we all researched you know growing up we you know deuce and i and, and sean and all of us like we watched wrestling since uh, as far as i can remember i remember my dad taking me to matches when i was three four years old it was yeah. all probably independent circuit stuff in louisiana but i don't you know i did, i don't remember remember what the matches were but i remember like the sights and the sounds and the energy yeah. and the crowd and like how exciting it was as, as a three or four year old like i remember just being yeah. like wow going back from the matches and just being like man people were doing the wave i didn't even know what the wave was when i was a kid you know i want to like, be a part of that it was crazy but like i remember and then my dad and i would be watching shock on saturday night and and then wcw saturday night and and 
and just different things going on at night. And I remember uh, even TBS, like when TBS really got started with the WCW, I remember him, my dad and I would just like, we were all, my dad, my dad, I was actually a really big uh, fan of Macho Man. And I remember yeah. I was a Hogan fan. And when Hogan and them had their bout or whatever, like when WrestleMania, when they were, like it was three or four or something yeah. like that, they were there or five, excuse five. me. Yeah. WrestleMania five, when they had back in 89, when they were having their big bout and the mega powers the explode. Me- exactly. It was like crazy. Oh. Cause they were, they were like a tag. And then all of a yeah. sudden they're like, nope, they're going to battle each other. And I, it, I remember my dad and I being, it was, it was like the Mets and the Yankees, you know, if you were house like, divided. Exactly, and I remember uh, my my dad and I were talking about it. He's like, you know, it's funny to see the the industry change because my dad grew up, you know, during the whole Bruno San Martino, and like he'd watch all those matches mm-hmm. and and Killer Kowalski and all of them, and like yeah. he like he he knew that whole era, which I didn't know at the time. Yeah. I had to research on my own, you know, and that that's one thing too, as well as like we're such fans, of like you know, we like to go back and research that stuff, and that's yeah. one thing that's cool about the network as well to bring the network up again was they have. Uh, the classic. What do they like call the it? The NWA and the AWA. Yeah, the, you can see that all stuff. that stuff, yeah, which like is neat because I don't there. ever remember. Why, I, we, we were too young to see all that stuff, so it was like it was cool to see kind of like how that evolved as well, and how Ric Flair was the man back in the, oh, even oh, yeah. before WCW and WWE. It was and, him, and then before him, it was Harley Race. Yep. And I never understood how that guy was the man, but he was, <laughs> he was. big dude and yep. just he. He kind of sounded like the way I talk right now. Yeah. Um, but like a yeah. lot of whiskey and a, a lot pack. of whiskey and a couple <laughs> cigars, uh, like two couple questionable yeah. women back in the locker room. Yep, and he would do his uh, suplex for the finish. Like mm. that was, I mean, the that was suplex. That was his. But he thing. held it up. There. He did. It was awesome. The, the the gimmick behind that was all the blood was yep. rushing Rush to your head. head. He would yeah, knock exactly. Out. Yeah, and like that was back then. You know when uh, you know. You had moves like Jake the Snake's DDT would would be a finishing maneuver. Now yeah. it's just kind of like yeah. a moving or, repertoire. Or your biggest pet peeve was ni- in mid ninety in the nineties, Shawn Michaels super kick, knock anybody out every time. Now everybody in the grandmother does it. Yep. Although I do agree with you, Dolph Ziggler actually does it where he does like the prolonged wait. Uh, we sometimes he's starting to do the foot stamp now. And Which it is drives fine. me nuts. Yeah, oh, he James, started to do the footstep. Yeah, he did that back in WrestleMania. He actually did it. Uh, and also, James Storm, um, he would do it as well. He'd do like the, the setup, wait, pause. Yeah. So there's still people that do it properly, but I <laughs> well, feel like everyone's well, like, Everybody does it. Oh, look at the Usos. They do super kicks three times on a match. Doesn't do anything. You know, it's yeah. like, whoop, they, they sound Just cool. Even our exactly. boy Kevin Owens is starting to do this. You know, he's been doing it for a while, but like yeah. he's doing it more often now. And yeah, I give him credit though; he's fat. <laughs> he does get some good elevation. He does get some height. He does, but it's like I—it's one of those things where you know, even Stall Colt said on his podcast, you know, about how you know John Cena is doing the springboard stunner. Oh, and like, oh, I'm so glad he stopped. Yeah, it looked awful. <sighs> there was this thing that one of the guys posted on Graphomaniacs. It was like a video of all the times that. Stone Cold or uh, that uh, uh, Cena Cena did it and the name of the match was he almost got it what was it he didn't get all of it that was the name <laughs> of the video and it was my oh, he didn't quite get it all well, of it he, right? he didn't quite get all of it because that was every single time Cena would do it it wasn't quite there it was cool the first time he tried to go Cena's trying to do a springboard okay yeah. And did it the next night, and like 10 weeks after that, you're like, all right, dude, stop. Yeah, like it's not finishing the matches. It's and not doing It doesn't look very good. And like, oh, we didn't quite get all of it. Look on the video uh, on YouTube. You guys will see it. It's hilarious. 
didn't go, he didn't get quite all of it or whatever. No, and ever, uh, it's, never, just, never. just type in Cena Springboard Stunner and you'll see <laughs> the Michael Cole this thing. And it's always Michael Cole. And, it, and di- I die every time. I can't unsee or unhear it now. No. Thanks. <laughs> he didn't get all of it. Oh, not all of it. Oh, Cena with the Springboard. So close. Oh, so, oh, I don't, and, then, and then you hear one time Cole forgets to say it and then JBL's like, I don't think you got all of it, Michael. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Yeah, you, YouTube it. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. But like, it's just same thing is you can't fake passion. Like I, yeah. I feel like the three of us, like we we love wrestling so much that I, obviously we have segments about it on the show. And and Sean's like our our wrestling expert on the show. Like he's our analyst. He comes in on when we do all of our wrestling programs. And like we want to have him on more often. Actually, and that's and that's you know we're happy that you're able to make the drive out here and, yeah. and do this for us. And well, always available when yeah. needed. But it's fun because we, we all got you know we talked about it before. We all went to see NXT and. How NXT is general, that brand's growing so much. And how and they're coming back soon. They're they are. Like Next in May, month, right? Yeah. Yep. So about four May weeks. May 22nd, 23rd, something 21st, like that. something like that. 21st, yeah. yeah. So hopefully we can all go to that. That'll be awesome. Oh, but I just, I, I love to see, because that's one thing I haven't done. I have not gone to see NXT at Full Sail yet. And that's one thing that I'm like, oh, I want to go. Yeah, you know, the next takeover is going to be at full sale. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's one thing that I love. It's like how well received the NXT takeover has been throughout you know the United States. Ooh, I didn't think about that. We might have an in on that now. Because you know Manic's oh, going Manic, to school Oh, Manic, our good boy, our, our, uh, our boy Manic, yeah, is, he's, uh, going, he's to going to school, school there. there now, so he so might have a hookup. Yeah, he might be able to... Like get us some tickets. Get us, yeah. get us the hookup. That'd be awesome. Yeah, because yeah, uh, NXT is where it's at, man. Because like I remember we were we were all t- this is our you know past, but like we talked about NXT Takeover, and that was and that was a uh, you know you and uh, Manica talked about yeah. that and how a great show that was, and like just you know for me personally, like I remember watching that and being like, this was a better card than WrestleMania. Like I had I had I mean re- I mean this is in hindsight because it's over and whatnot. And WrestleMania wasn't bad. Like now the three of us are in the room together talking about it because I know you talked about it with Manic, but yeah. like WrestleMania wasn't bad. And I know we had a actually it was kind of a divide on the Grapple Maniacs. I, yeah, I feel like it was like it was some people either, liked it. Like I think Brian gave it a seven, right? It was a, everybody gave it around like a seven. Yeah, or, or they averaged that about like six and a half. Yeah. So it was like pretty mixed overall, yeah. and I feel like I wasn't a disappointed fan all weekend. I, yeah. I enjoyed the Hall of Fame. NXT. I actually really loved the Divas match, and I, I you were in the bathroom when this happened. But when when uh, when Charlotte did her moonsault, I was like, oh yeah. That but was you remember beautiful. I was in the bathroom watching on my on their phone, phone ahead of time, it was and like, I was in the right. future. You was in the future. I was ten minutes ahead of time. I don't understand well, what was going on. A couple times. Well, it paused so- a couple times, and also because a big shout out to the commish of the XFL, Kyle. He hooked up the monitor, uh, it, the projector, so it could stream both of it. Because the problem right. is, like, if I get a normal pay per view. It's fine because my cable box runs to my projector, but sure. because it's a network, it doesn't run straight from the PS4. So he's got to bring a laptop, a splitter, and right. run cable. Right, right, and it's, right. it's it's a that was cool. Yeah, it, so it, hey, it, it takes a minute, and he's nice enough to do that on the big pay per views. Right. But yeah, because it buffered, we were about ten minutes behind because the same thing happened on. And you can go back to listen to the episode with me and Manic talking about WrestleMania because we actually had two different episodes where we talked about it. Yeah, but. He was giving me shit about the Shane match, and we hadn't caught up yet. So I was like, dude, hang on, hang on. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, I just told him, I'm like, dude, I am not anywhere remotely near, <laughs> located, <you> are. <laughs> or around the vicinity of the word sober. Yeah. So how about you talk to me about this tomorrow? Because I'm yeah. like, I, I'm smashed, bro. You like, sober? Yeah. yeah. 
because he was like trying to talk all this shit. He's like, what do you think now? What do you think about your boy? And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm, like, I don't, I don't I'm watching the Diva Smash yeah, yeah, for Christ's yeah, sakes. Yeah, What's know, going right? on? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. What are you talking about? So, yeah, because I, I told him straight up before it happened. I said, if, if Shane doesn't get on top of the cage and jump, he ain't shit. He ain't about shit. He ain't about that life. And then he gets off there and jumps. And, and Manic's like, you see what happened? Your boy did it. And then what happened? We all lose. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I didn't script the fucker. Like, yeah. Why are you get mad at me? Yeah. So. But it's interesting to kind of see, you know, how, like, you made a post on Grapple Maniacs from it saying, you know, you have to treat them as separate entities. You can't really compare them. No, you can't. You can't treat main roster WWE as a comparison to NXT. They're run completely different. And you can't compare them. I mean, the talent... Marginally, marginally, it's better on the main roster than the core group. But as a whole, it's NXT. Hands down. Everybody there works their ass off. Mm-hmm. Put on a good show each each and every night. Uh, even if they don't look like they can go. The guy I miss the most right now is Bull Dempsey because he looked like he couldn't do squat and he was amazing. Bull yeah. fit. Yeah, exactly. Bull I mean, fit. I love that. What happened to him? <clears throat> he he asked for his release, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, we haven't seen him. Seen him. In He'll probably be in TNA long. soon. There you go. You know, one thing. Let me give a big shout out. Let me give a big shout out to uh, Corey Graves and uh, Tom. Tom. Tom Phillips. And Tom Phillips. They do a great job. Like I, I actually am legit. I am like really happy that Tom Phillips is back because I feel like they're the yin and yang to each other. And I and I, Corey Graves is a great heel announcer. Like he 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 actually knows moves. He calls moves, and he's actually you know pretty. Does a really good job, so I wouldn't give them a big shout out because, like, I actually really enjoy the the commentating in NXT as well. If I can get them with uh, Ronaldo, they'll throw oh them my together. God. That'd oh. be like a dream come true. Because get rid of Byron Saxton, I swear to God, get rid of him right now. <laughs> He's like, well, I love for a hot minute on SmackDown, they actually just had uh, Ronaldo and King. I was like, <gasps> and King is a heel announcer now, yeah. which is amazing because uh, with the last couple months he like flipped it. Now he's a heel announcer, which is great. I'm not gonna lie. Is it just me, or does it feel like King's got new energy now? He does. Like, Super. Now that he's he not does. with Michael Cole, and now right. he's with Ronaldo. I agree. Actually, and he's on Thursday nights. It feels. It feels like, like old King. Almost. It feels like old King. It and does. It feels like he's got so much. I agree. More it's probably because King. it's not a live show. Right. Yeah. He's not having to hear someone constantly say, you're saying the wrong thing, King. And he was you even on, hard uh, deck. He's yeah. even been on, um, think about it. on um, oh, what is it? What's the one that's before, it's a main event or Superstar? I get him confused. That's tape before SmackDown. I think it's main event. Main event. So he was even on main event once. I was like, whoa, that's cool. He's even getting a little bit of, he's even going into main event uh, occasionally and talking and whatnot. And so, like, they, I feel like, you, you know, the growing up, I always loved the two-man booth. Obviously, yeah. Sometimes a three-man booth will work as well because I love back in the day when WCW, you know, you had Dusty Rhodes on there. Like Dusty Rhodes was, he was hilarious because he was always like, "Yeah, Tony, yeah, yeah." He came yeah. up with some of the most colorful phrases. He did, he did. What was the uh, one when they always talk when they were starting to be, be just a big fight going on? Clubbering, clubbering, clubbering. Yeah, clubbering. Like yeah, double clubbering. Double clubbering. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, clubbering. <laughs> it was hilarious. But and I also liked how like you got different. That's when you got the integration. You had the 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 the, 
the three-way where you had Zabisco, you had Tanay, and you had uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan switching it out. Like, that was really cool how you had the different voices. They'd bring in the different knowledge. Because like, you and I talked about this before, Sean, a while back. Like, when you have a color commentator, usually it's typically someone that has been in the business, someone that's a former wrestler, former, former wrestler, manager commentator, something, manager. Yeah. Something that has the inside, you know, you know, like how like a baseball commentators usually have someone that was a manager or a former player come mm-hmm. in and whatnot. So, like, for me, it's like Corey Graves, you know, he, he, unfortunately for him, he, you know, he, he has concussion symptoms. That's why he's, you know, he, there's this awesome ESPN documentary that they, you know, a while back where yeah. they talked about it and, like, how like, he loves the business inside and out, but he just can't physically do it anymore because he's susceptible to per- – to concussions but the fact is he's able to come in and the dude's sharp dressed he's he has he does the pre-shows for all the pay-per-views like the dude's working his ass off and he does a great job and i actually i i think Corey graves is very underrated and i I think he's the more i've listened to him over the last year or two uh, i really appreciate him as a color commentator because like he's calling moves i'm like dang the guy knows his shit you know it's really really interesting so big shout out to nxt not only with the show but the commentating group especially with his dynamic with tom phillips actually Really, really like. Because remember, it was kind of weird and shaky for a while. You had uh, Tensai in there, Matt Bloom. You also had uh, William Regal. I miss actually. And you, so yeah, like the col- so, so the NXT like uh, commentating was been up and down. But yeah. now, but now it's you know. And they would also bring in Renee Young during yes, the women's I matches. I actually really liked Renee Young. Which. When William Regal was there, all they would do is flirt. They would. I didn't understand. Yeah. Well, like, what's yeah. the attraction, lady? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. But I actually, but I actually really like the solid, you know, uh, dynamic that Corey Graves and Tom Phillips have on NXT. But I, I like I said, I think J, uh, I think King's definitely. I do. I feel like he's got a renewed yeah. passion. Like he's rejuvenated his career almost because obviously, uh, I remember like it was yesterday. Brandy and I. Brandy usually only watches Raw. Like uh, our third member, she'll she'll watch Raw. But she doesn't watch SmackDown. But now SmackDown, I feel like it's gotten better. But it's, for a long time, it was a review show. It wasn't very good. Yeah. And I remember the with the Raw when um you didn't know until later on after the show. Like I think they said something towards the end of the show. Like Jerry had. A, I don't remember exactly, but I remember going back in. I DVR'd it back, and I remember going back and watching it. And I remember being like. I still framed it when you could see his face start to slowly go like oh, this. Oh, when he had his heart attack. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, let me, let me, let me, uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like in my head, I'm thinking about the heart attack, but I'm not saying it correctly. I'm like, yes, what are about, you talking about? Sorry, the heart attack that happened yeah. to the king. And I remember going back in and Brady and I were just like devastated because we're sitting here like you could see it happen because when you're in the match, you could see it. All of a sudden, he would be quiet for a while and you're like, oh, I remember shit. Michael Cole talking about it. He yeah. goes, all of a sudden, we Jerry be talking and you'll stop. And all of a sudden, you hear, <laughs> He was sleeping. Yeah. He's it's, like, Jerry, wake up. And he wakes up. Yeah. And then he did it again. Yeah. And then he fell to the ground. Yeah. Like, you could see it. All of a sudden, right like, that, you, you, the camera would cut away. Yeah. But you could, you could hear, like, uh, people saying king or something the crowd yeah. all of a sudden and then and then there was like you can you could see like an EMT rushing like mm-hmm. it wasn't one of the slow like let's walk with no, the thing they were it was moving, like they were, they were moving try- with a quickness yeah knees to chest motherfucker <laughs> yeah. knees to chest <laughs> but I was like oh I'm so glad to see him bounce back after that because that, that's scary he was know? he was in the best well, there's no best place to have a heart attack no but in his position, he was in the best place. Oh, he was. EMT on site. He was taking care of ambulance on site. He's yeah. taking care of immediately. As soon as he was hit on the on the ground, they were there thirty seconds later. Yep. Yeah. Was, uh, that was great. So, and that's when I knew something was up because they were knees to they chest. Like, they were like, it slow. Oh, they were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It they was were fast. Like, so you you like, heard the footsteps. Yeah. yeah. So after it, they stopped, actually. Yeah, so it wasn't a work, you know, it was a shoot. 
And like uh, that's oh, that's a phrase I haven't said in a while. Just shoot. Uh, <laughs> just shoot. That's what Mark uh, said. That's why I love I love uh, I, that's one of my favorite things about Stone Cold is like uh, he 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 still uses the terminologies. And I remember it's a it, shoot. It, let me tell you. Yeah, when he when he was talking to uh, his interview with Brock Lesnar was hilarious because for like every question he'd ask Brock, he's like, "Is that a shoot? Are you shooting me? Or is that a work?" Because it was like he couldn't tell if like and Brock after was a while. Being... Brock would start laughing. After yeah, he said it every time. Yeah, it was a really great. So I. Big shot to Stone Cold because, like, I love this Dude, stuff. Dude, his he, podcast is probably Dude, my favorite thing. I love the one he did with uh, Big Show. That went off the rails. I was like, holy <laughs> That went crap. off the rails in the best way possible. Yeah, it was awesome. Wasn't there a part where he asked him, he was like, are you crying? Yeah. Why, why were you crying? He yeah. Said, I don't know, man. Yeah. I was emotional. Yeah, it yeah, was like, awesome. Yeah, cry all the time, yeah. big bitch. Yeah. But <laughs> that one was great. The only one that he's done recently where I was just kind of, eh. As much as I hate to say it was a McFoley one. Yeah, yeah, I it, agree. It was because it was yeah. in front of a crowd. It was. Yeah. It was a different dynamic. It he you felt like you had to like ham it up for the for the audience. It wasn't really like in depth. You didn't get the personal intimate stuff like when he's yeah, dude. <laughs> that and I feel like a that one was like super time constrained. Sure, because yeah. like that and I also feel like and I love McFoley, but it felt like the whole damn podcast was a big plug. For his new TV show, mm-hmm. Holy Foley. Yeah. And I'm like... Which we're all excited for. I'm yeah. excited. I'm going to watch it, but I was going to watch it anyways. And yeah. I want to hear, like... I want to hear good stories. Now, this is coming from a guy that's seen Mick Foley. I'm not in person at wrestling, because I've seen that hundreds of times. But I've seen his stand-up tour twice. Right, you so, have. So, like, I've gone a bunch of times to see him, like... Because I love Foley. I'll support whatever he does. But I was like, dude, I know you're the king of the cheap pop. Pops, but, yeah. like... Seriously, See, this is this is getting a little out of control. And then when when she had her own theme music when she came out, because she own- <laughs> she's training to be a wrestler. I don't give a shit. I'm gonna say like- this. I said this before to you guys, and I might have said it on a previous podcast. His daughter, pretty girl, not funny at, at all. <laughs> Hopefully, the show she comes off a lot better. But she was trying. Super hard to get over as with, with the jokes, and they were just bad. They were bad, and then the promo for the show is bad. Have you mm. seen that when she's like, Dad, I've got something to tell you. And like the way she says it, I'm like, I'm pregnant. Nope. I'm, think, I'm like, I'm, I'm pregnant. Or I'm like, I ran oh, off and got married. Uh, yeah, or, that's what I, I accidentally I'm a cut off one of my toes. Yeah. And she's like, I want to be, be a wrestler. And I'm like, come on, player. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, it was bad. Like, that's like. Season one Kardashian's bad. So I was just any like, Kardashian bad. Well, really? to be yeah, fair, yeah, to be to fair, be that's kind of what Charlotte did, though. Charlotte didn't, you know, grow up really loving the business. Like she, she kind of got into it later on. But she was already a natural athlete. She yeah. was. She was shredded. I mean, because I mean, didn't she play yeah. like volleyball? She volleyball. Yeah, she was already. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like a multi-talented yeah, sport. That's person. a good point. I don't know yeah. if Noli has really done any sports. No, it's like David Flair. Yeah, that's yeah. but she's the female version of David. Flair. Yeah. No, you heard it here on the Happy Hour with. Dad. She is David Flair, the female Except version. Sean Cook. Um, we all know oh, in that fa- <laughs> we all know that he didn't have the talent to talk. He couldn't oh, walk no. his daddy's walk. No, his younger brother Reed, who's his half brother, could have. Unfortunately, right. he passed peace. away yeah. 
from substance abuse. Right. Uh, but if he would have made it, he would have been something because it was him. And the longest time he was had him. the you heard factor. about him. He had the You heard factor. about Cody. Cody yep. Rhodes. Cody, yep. There was the two that went back and yep. forth. And Absolutely. Cody right now is lost somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere probably in the boiler room of a WWE <laughs> show. Probably. Stardust is running around in this place. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it's just, it, it was like, I was looking at that whole thing and I was thinking about it. I was like, what's she going to do? Come out to the ring with a bob wire baseball bat? Like, you know. Yeah, and that's she, true. Well, yeah. She can't get any lower than Eva Marie. True. So yeah, she's I mean, got that for she's got her. step up on that. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. I just she had a really good thing going with like ringside collectibles, doing like all their like videos, and mm. she did like a lot of stuff. I think for Mattel and their videos for the toys. <laughs> sure, and yeah. Stuff. She did a lot of spokesmodel yeah, stuff. Yeah, and I was like, okay, you're really good as a spokesmodel. Sure. You're, you're pretty. You yep. know how to read a cue card. Sure. Um, you know you you've got a talent at this. Yes. So I was like, why don't you see if WWE would take you in that capacity? Instead of forcing the wrestling angle, I mean, you got to give her credit. She trying. She's gonna try it. If she d- it doesn't work effort. out for there, they'll move her somewhere else. Yeah, a for effort. Yeah, I, I guess that's one way to look. Or at it. Or she'll go to TNA, become the knockout champion. One of the two. <laughs> one, of the, one of the two. Yeah, but I, I guess that is one way to look at it. Is like, look, if she signs on as a wrestler, it gets her in the door. She gets to go to all the classes, and they sure. might be like, look. You're really good as a spokesperson, spokesmodel. Well, maybe we'll move you to something else. I mean, same thing. As much I hate to say, it happened with Corey Graves. He started in one position, they moved him somewhere yeah, else. Sure, um, and he's excelling in the position he's in now. Yeah. So, so I mean, I guess that's one way to look at it. I need to be not so pessimistic about it. I just, in my opinion, when I looked at the whole thing, I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, just go ahead and give her acting classes. Give her classes in, you know. That you would do if you were going to be a news anchor, a sports anchor. Give her those kind of classes. She doesn't need to know how to do a, a moonsault or, you know, all this stuff. But yeah. maybe that's me being a hater. Yeah. So. <laughs> but that's been another episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. I want to give a big shout out. Like you said, to Steve Crino, you are awesome, dude. We'd love to have you back in on the show. Yeah. Uh, definitely hit us back up. Sean, thank you again for joining us. On the, hey, you know, you're glad awesome. to do it. An official fourth member of the yeah, podcast, exactly. especially Woo! for our our, our, uh, our wrestling. I'm gonna uh, get a segments. T-shirt made that said "unofficial fourth member." <laughs> Maybe I'm like the fifth like, Beatle. Duct tape or something like you could like duct tape it on. <laughs> I got the tools at the, at the house. Go. I'll take care of it. And of course, uh, how do I, uh, what is the Grapple Maniacs? Grapple Maniacs on Facebook and um, on Twitter. It's uh, the, um, the Grapple Maniac on yeah, Twitter. Exactly. Um, if you join up on Facebook, it's a private group right now. Um, it just it'll I'll get the notification, uh, notification. Yeah. or if you know uh, Johnny or Deuce and you say hey I want to be a part of it they can automatically add you as well. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So definitely uh, check out and join the discussion because that's what's so great about Grapple Maniacs. Yeah. And I actually like just to throw it in there. I like that it's a closed group. So do I. So you're like, not getting all like, you're not getting a bunch of trolls, like, spammers and, and trolls. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't believe. The people that I get playing, and they've been on Facebook for like a day, and they want to yeah. be a part of it. I go, oh, no, see ya. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> no, I love it, cause it, and it's really nice and just to give you know Sean a cheap pop real quick. Is It's nice because it's a group where you can share ideas, but they're all like intelligent. Yeah. like And you feel safe. Like yeah. you, you don't feel like someone's going to – I mean, sure, sometimes people will make some weird comments, but for the most part, I've, <laughs> I feel like you know everyone, you know, like Deuce said, very intelligent and, you know, and all that stuff. So definitely go out and check out the Grapple Maniacs. And Deuce, how do people find us? on the internet you can find us at hh podcast show on the twitter machine and you can send us your questions to hh podcast show at gmail.com 
Also check us out facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show and don't forget to give us a like on there. And when you're on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there's three hashtags you want to put in. Hashtag happy, happy hour podcast, hashtag HH podcast show, and hashtag deuces, deuces on, on the loose. loose. Later. See ya.